Welcome to the Life Church Auburn Hills Sermon Podcast. We're a multicultural community being transformed and empowered by the grace, truth, and love of Jesus. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this week's message. All I want for Christmas is you. There's some good things for our question this morning about what we want for Christmas. Um, One answer resonated with me, and that was rest. (laughs) Yeah, how many can use some rest during this Christmas season? Yeah, well, good morning again. Uh, I'm Donald Johnson. If you came in after I introduced myself, I serve as a lead pastor here. And we are four days away from Thanksgiving. How many of you looking forward to Thanksgiving? Yeah, the ones that raise their hands are the ones that's probably not cooking. (laughs) I can almost almost vet that. And here's the truth about the matter. We're five Wednesdays away from Christmas. Yeah, let let that sink in for a moment. We are entering the most wonderful time of the year. And I don't know if you all are pre or post gobblers. I kind of made that term up. Pre gobblers or post gobblers are those that put the tree up before Christmas or, and start li- or before Thanksgiving or start listening to Christmas music. How many of you pre? You, you, you can do it before. It's, you, you feel it's all right to do it before Thanksgiving? Uh, it's okay. How many of you say you can't do it to after Thanksgiving? Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, the day of. Well, here's the deal. The truth of the matter, the holidays are here. And some of us are really looking forward to uh, this holiday season because it means we'll spend more time with our family. And some of you, again, you're really anticipating. And others are you, you might be really praying. And the reason I say that is because there is no one like family, right? When we get together, things happen. Sometimes, sometimes old hurts, the past, old things that may seem to leak out and come out, and it kind of spoils the season, if you will. And we've been in this series called All in the Fam, because what we've been doing is trying our best to address some of the issues that arise in the family dynamic and in relationships in general. Now... Week one, we dealt with addressing pain, and we talked about how pain is an indication sometimes, most often, that something is misaligned, something is off, and we've been looking at God's word to realign ourselves with what God is saying, and so we dealt with addressing pain. Week two, we dealt with healthy communication, and I'm going to tell you this. You can write this down if you're taking notes. You're going to need this lesson during this holiday season. Healthy communication, because what we talked about was being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And I can guarantee you somebody's going to say something around that 
dinner table that will make you want to react in a way that may not be like Jesus. But I'm encouraging you to be quick to listen, to, to listen, see where the pain is, and be slow to speak and then slow to anger. Week three, Young Chin, he, our executive pastor, he dealt with the gift of forgiveness, showing us that we all owe the debt and Jesus paid for it. And now we're to, just like he released us, we are to release others. We're not to hold that and hold people, but we're, we're to release them and let them go. Now, I do know that that is a process. It's easier said than done. And today, we're going to talk about control from the perspective of personal finances. I hear some ooh, ah, mmm. Control from personal, especially with the holidays are there, and there's some things that I just know we got to have. But we want to talk about control from personal finances because this topic is vitally important. It, touch, it touches every aspect of your being, every aspect. It hits you relationally, spiritually, physically, and also mentally. Now, I grew up with both parents, and they were working, both working parents. My father was more frugal. Uh, my mom, she was just, let's just say, uh, a little more liberal in her spending, a bit compulsive at times. Her, her model was, look, I work hard and you only live once. And I like to hang with my mom, <laughs> especially when she went shopping. And I recall slipping things in the basket. And, um, you know, after that, I was being real nice. Mom, you, you need help with picking up that bread? You know, because I wanted to make sure she got what I put in the basket. And there were some times it, it worked. And there are some times she waited until she got to the register. Now, this, is, this has nothing to do with the lesson, but just let me get this out. <laughs> she would wait till she got to the register, and the person, the cashier picked it up, and I'm like, yes. And she was like, oh, I don't want that. Just crushed, plain, just gone. And see, my dad, though, he again told me, he's like, listen, I want you to manage your finances. I, I need you to do that. I joined the Navy. I was 19, and I had zero debt. I went, as a, went in as an E3, which is actually a two-year jump on most people that enter the uh, military. So I was making good money, no debt at all, and he told me, put away something from every check. Did I listen? Nope. Everybody was giving me credit. I would walk in an appliance store, and it was just like they just saw me. It's like, you qualify. And I'm serious. Companies, they realized when they were close to military bases, they knew that there were some naive people that had a consistent income. And what they would do is process you. And real quick, 
I start falling into debt. I got into that, that payday loan advance trap because I was not managing my finances. And that is a trap. It's a trap because you take a loan on your pay that you're going to get, and you have to keep doing that because half your check is gone before you get paid the next time. I got caught in that trap, and then I got married with that same mindset, that same tendency. And then we experienced an emergency that we did not plan for. And I hit rock bottom. Piggy bank, gone. I mean rock bottom. Busted. I'm telling you, the feelings of stress, anger, shame, depression, I felt every aspect of it because my finances, they were completely out of control. And it is said that money is one of the biggest challenges when it comes to relationships, the leading cause, one of the leading cause to divorce and broken relationships. And it is said, until debt do us or tear us apart. You see, money makes people funny. And even talking about money, it invokes feelings. And, and you, don't, you don't have to raise your hand here, but just think about this. How many of you have been in a, a fight or experienced some stress or frustration as a result of a financial situation? Or how many of you have had relationships, and again, you don't have to raise your hand, just, just want to think about it. Had relationships, the dynamics of your relationships change because of some money issues. Maybe you, you have it all together and you say, that's not my issue because I got money and I'm doing well. But maybe instead of you having money, money actually have you. Your drive is for more. Your passion is for more. And here's the deal. And I want you to listen to this. I really believe that God is going to do some amazing things in 2020. How many of you believe that? And he wants to use us. He wants us to be a part of that. But we have to get our finances, our houses in order. God wants us to get our houses together. Why? For his glory. This is my big idea. He wants us to get our houses together for his glory so that lives would be transformed and the gospel is spread around the nations. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to get positioned. And so today I'm going to share three principles of a solid financial plan to help us gain some control with our personal finances. Let's take a moment and pray, and then we're going to dive right in. Father, 
thank you for this day. Thank you for these amazing people that you brought here. Uh, and we thank you even for this topic. It's not one that we talk about a lot. But I really do believe that you have some amazing things planned for this upcoming year. And you want each and every one of us to, to align ourselves and with what you said about money, about dealing with our personal finances. So, Lord, you can use us. I believe you don't have a problem with getting money to us if you can get it through us. And so we say help, Lord. I'm the first to say help again. Help us, Lord, to get our houses in order so you can be glorified in us. So open our ears, Lord, to hear you. Open our eyes to see what you're doing and open our hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, a vital part of my wife and I recovery was... We had to do something different. What we were doing was not working. And fortunately, I got exposed or introduced to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> I hear people groaning right now. He said, Dave Ramsey has become a verb. <laughs> uh, he's a financial, a personal financial expert, and he created this training called Financial Peace University, FPU. And in this course, he shared three principles which were the purpose, if you will, for, for money. And I thought they were so profound. They're simple, but yet profound. Number one, principle number one for a solid financial plan is to save. Everybody say save. Yes, yes. Let me read this uh, scripture in Proverbs 21, 20. He said, there's treasure to be desired in oil in the dwelling of the wise. There's treasure there. He said, but a foolish man or a foolish person spins it up. Guilty. I've been guilty of not putting away. I shared with you earlier, my dad was trying to tell me, put away. And we often say, save for a rainy day. I don't know the etymology behind a rainy day, but they save. Put it away. The foolish person spends everything they have up. I got tired, exhausted, from swinging from paycheck to paycheck. And there are sometimes I missed that swing. <laughs> Got tired of it. And Dave Ramsey in his course, one of the things that he uh, trains and talks about is saving what, or, or what basically the baby steps is saving an emergency fund. Put some money away, and in his baby step, he says, $1,000. I mean, like, really? $1,000. He says, all right, how do you do that when you have so much debt? You can sell something. There's some things in your house that you might not be getting back in in a while. Ah, 
Ah, there it go. Sometimes it, sometimes it comes a little. You can sell. There's some things that you haven't touched in a while, used in a while, that you can get rid of. And, and start building some protection because here's the deal. We, we, we use credit and, we use, and I was there. And we say, we're going to get this card, this one card, why? For what? Em- I hear it. Emergencies. I'm only, I only have this card because I'm going to use it for an emergency. And then you get hungry and it's an emergency. <laughs> Got to get some pizza. My boys are coming over. Get some wings. It's an emergency. And then you get into that routine of just living from that. But he says, no, save up $1,000. How do you go about saving? One of of the things is when you're in a hole, because we're talking about debt here. When you're in the hole, the first thing you do is what? Stop digging. I was continuing to dig and was thinking I was going to get out the hole. And then I want to get debt to pay for debt. And Dave Ramsey says like this, debt is dumb. That's what he says. I like him because he's so straightforward. At first, I, I, I didn't like him because he was because he was, I mean, he was all just, just in my business. And it was uncomfortable to be called out like that. He called things stupid tax. And I paid a lot of stupid tax. When you, when you do things that don't, don't, doesn't make any sense at all financially. You see, he called it stupid tax. So you got to stop by, by cutting debt. And then in the course, and we're going to, we're going to um, actually have a course in sometime January. But in the course, he talks about this debt snowball, putting, first of all, listing your debts, knowing the state, knowing your condition. Some of you will be shocked to see how much you owe if you list it and look at it and actually deal with it. And I remember my wife and I, when we started doing this, I mean, we were looking like, what? We owe what? This? That? Oh, oh, my goodness. No wonder we're struggling like we are. And we got really, really focused, and we made a rule that anytime we were going to spend money, we are going to check with each other before we spent. And so there were times that I would call her up to get something out the vending machine because we were serious about making a change. So we got on that, list the debts, and we started working, paying the debts, the smallest to the largest, little by little. And it began a turnaround for us. Now, the second principle that he talks about is spending. Yes, spending is part of a solid financial plan. But again, it has to be a plan. Listen to this scripture. And this scripture kind of hit me again. It says, Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower 
is servant to the lender. You're servant to the lender. So when you owe someone else, you become their servant. Because you're working for that person or you're working to pay that debt off. This is, this is again, why he discouraged uh, credit. And we say, well, I have it for the points. Mm-hmm, I hear you. <laughs> we have to discuss it. But guess what? Somebody's paying for those points. I want you to think about it. I mean, you don't have to agree, but I'm just throw it out there. Somebody's paying for those points. And you may be able to handle your finances or your credit really well to the point where you can benefit off of those points. But I want you to know someone is paying for those points. And most likely the ones that are paying for those points are the ones that are not managing their finances. Right. Enjoy your trip. (laughs) So he talks about using cash. Relationships change. When somebody, anybody had someone that owed you money? And again, and they didn't pay you back. And one thing I said, I will never lend something I'm not willing to let go. Because I value relationships. And if I I let someone borrow something, I'm, I'm really letting you have it. You can pay it back, though. <laughs> but, but just a rule, I don't want to lend anything that's going to damage the relationship. Because it does. People get around and you start stalking their Facebook page and like, oh, they're going on vacation? And they owe me? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it says this, Proverbs 21.5. The plans, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Plans. So one of the things that Dave Ramsey emphasized is the fact that we need to spend, but it needs to be intentional. You need to have a budget. Yes, I said it. A budget. And I want you to take a picture of this screen here. And here's a, a resource for you if you're taking notes. Everydollar.com is a part of Dave Ramsey um, Financial Peace University. Everydollar.com, there you can start and create a budget, a simple budget. And he has recommended, recommended budget percentages. I'm not going to read them off, but again, if you could take a picture of that. For example, a part of the intention is to give. And we'll talk about that in a moment. 10% to give. Just be determined to save. Allocate money for food, for utilities. And these, again, are the recommended percentages 
And the beauty of a budget is that it enables you, and I love this phrase, it enables you to act your wage. I've been guilty of not acting my wage. <laughs> Trying to, you know, I guess impress and be cool and be like the Joneses. Again, I don't know what the Joneses are. We always want to be like the Joneses or whoever. But a budget allows you to act your wage. You know exactly what you have. And you allocate. And here's what he says, Dave Ramsey. Every dollar has a name. So in your budget, what you're going to do is outline every dollar that you get is to make sure it has a name. This is about being intentional. This is about being in control. So, yes, you can name a portion for entertainment. But you can name a portion for food, for clothes, or whatever. But you're being intentional about it. Because, again, God wants to use us, but our houses have to be in order, in order for him to do this. So you're being intentional, and you're telling your money where it's going. That's the beauty. We're stewards. We're the only ones, for the most part, that direct where our money goes. But you're being intentional, and you are telling your money, you go here. And in fact, he recommends doing that before you spend $1. It's list everything out. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's challenging when you're on the go all the time. But if you do it, you will benefit from it. And the last thing, the principle of a solid financial plan is, is to give. Again, being very intentional about giving, making sure that this is a part of your financial plan. Here's the deal. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. I'll say it again. You can give without loving, just boom, right? In. But there's no way that you can love without giving. It reflects who our Father is when we give. And here's the deal we are stewards. The money doesn't belong to you. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, it all belongs to Him. Everything. He's the one that gives you ability to function, the ability to make wealth. He's the one that gives you the intellect that you have, the physical ability that you have in order for you to make money. It comes from God. Your skill, your talent is from God. He's the one. That's given that to you. And in response, with an attitude of gratitude, 
this is what we do. We, we, we give. Let's read the scripture. Paul was encouraging the church, and we talked about this some time before. But he says, remember this. When it comes to giving, whoever sows sparingly. And again, this is no gimmick at all. This is just reality. If you put in a little, he said, you'll reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this is what I love. Each of you should give what you have decided. No gimmicks in this. Give what you have determined. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of your heart. It's intentionality. And when your finances are in order, it enables you to be able to do more for a lasting impact. What you've decided in your heart, he says, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Again, there are times when, you know, I ask the kids to do something or someone to do something and they got an attitude with it. I'm like, please keep it. I don't want it. He says, no, not reluctant. Not, oh. But listen what he says here. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves the fact that you are excited to give, that you're excited to partner with what he's doing in the earth. He loves that. And I've shared this example before, but any father or mother that sees their child doing something that reminds them of them, that's encouraging. When you see a child walking in your shoes, flopping around, you're like, look at that's my boy. And see, this is what God says when he sees us giving with a cheerful heart. He looks at us and says, that's my girl. That's my boy. They're giving because they know there's a greater cause, there's a greater future that God is calling us to. And he says this. And God is able to bless you. He's able to bless you abundantly. You can hold on to what you have and you have less. Or you can give and have more. But he says God is able. He's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all time, having all that you need... You will abound in every good work. My brothers and sisters, God is able. He's able to bless you. There's no shortage with God. He owns it all. I can hear some of you might be saying, well, but you don't know how much debt I have. Right now, I can't afford to give. And I want to let you know that statement is not valid. You may feel that way, 
Well, here's the truth. You can't afford not to give. I know that's a double negative, but I think it still works out. (laughs) You can't afford not to give because it is not in your amount. It is in your heart. And I guarantee you, if you begin to get a system and get a rhythm of giving something, a regular rhythm, planning, that giving is a part of your rhythm, God will bless you. Matter of fact, let me reverse that. You're already blessed. And we give because we are blessed. Luke records this this woman, a widow that had two mites, which was like the smallest of the Roman coins. They were putting their offering in, and she walked by putting putting her offering in, and Jesus talked to his disciples and was like, look, you see that? One that gave the two mites, she's giving the most. All those rich folk, people that got it together, they gave out of their abundance. But she gave everything. She gave from her lack. So I'm telling you, if you feel like you can't afford to give, I'm encouraging you to plan your giving and begin to give your way out and watch what God does. He takes our material things and he transforms them for an impact in the lives of others. And so as we're stewards, as we are, we're managers of what God has given us and it's in our hands, this is what I want to encourage you to do to take control of your personal finances. One, because I often say that life is a journey that is never meant to live alone. Grab an accountability partner. Let's align ourselves. Let's position ourselves for 2020. Find an accountability partner, not a shopping buddy. Because you're like, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Get someone that's going to hold you accountable. Not say, yeah, they got a sale. Let's go. It's like, no, is it in the plan? Find an accountability partner. And if you're married, I highly recommend that your accountability partner be your spouse. Amen. (laughs) And Work together. I'm, I'm serious. I, I don't know what 2020 is going to bring, but I just feel in my spirit that God is going to do something so amazing. And, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be used. So, again, we're going to do a, a FPU, a Financial Peace University, sometime in January 2020. So, if you're interested in 
being a part of the Financial Peace University, I'm going to ask you to do this. Text this number, 248-934-0759. Text me your name and just let me know you're in. I'm going to give you more, uh, further details. But I, just as a start, to saying, you know what, I'm going to take control. I'm going to change the dynamics. I'm going to be serious about my personal finance. Text this number and say, I am in. And as, as we close here, I think of the words that John disciples spoke. He said, beloved, I pray that all will go well with you and that you be in good health. And he says, as it goes well with your, with your soul. And, and I think the reason why some of our outside is out of control is because internally there's turmoil. There's some brokenness on the inside. And Jesus came to rid you of all that shame, to rid you of all that guilt, to rid you of all that, to lift you from, from, from depression. And so I encourage you, if, if you're here today and you have not yet said to Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, meaning I'm under new management. Jesus, you call the shots. I'm done doing things my way. Today is a, a moment for you to just say, say yes to him. If you would just bow your heads and we're going to pray. Father, I thank you right now uh, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for those that, that we're, we're here, Lord, and we heard your word, we heard your message, and we're asking right now in this moment that you would bless us, that you would help us, one, get our houses, our financial house in order, and our houses in general in order, so we'll be in position to be used by you. And for that one that's here that has not crossed that line of faith, I'm asking you right now as they just open their hearts to receive you, Lord, that you receive them, that you would deal with the inner turmoil, that you would take it away, that you would heal and make free. Position us, Lord, so we'll be able, Lord, to have a solid, not only financial plan, but a spiritual plan. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if, again, if it's you, it just... Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, visit us online at lifechurchopenhills.org.